Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Chronicles of the Teenage Brain. I am your host, Grace Scotto, and thank you for listening. I see that every week, but seriously, it's crazy that people, like, enjoy listening to me. It's funny because before I started recording this, I was looking at my analytics on the app that I used to record my podcasts, and I noticed that, like, the majority of my audience is from America, but I have some listeners from Australia and the United Kingdom, and I think that's so mind-boggling to me. I don't know if that's correct, but the percentages seemed accurate, and I don't know. I think that's really, really cool. But I am so excited for my very first ever advice session. So I asked you on Instagram, I made a Google, it was like a Google Doc form. That's what it's called, I think. I don't even know. And I linked it, and I had you guys ask me advice on whatever you wanted I got a lot of stuff on mental health. Obviously, high school, those are like the top two because I am a teenage podcaster who talks about high school and mental health. That's kind of my thing. But I got a lot of other fun questions that I am very excited to answer and talk about. But thank you all so much. And especially for those who wrote in, you guys like are literally creating this episode. Like I wouldn't be sitting here without you guys. Um, and remember that everything is anonymous. Even I can't see who wrote in, so I will not be sharing who said what. I don't even know, so it doesn't matter. Um, but there's no judgment. All of these questions are valid, and I'm just so excited to get into it, and hopefully, um, you'll hear one of your questions. I, I, th- I think I answered pretty much all of them, so you will get to hear something that sounds maybe a little familiar, and hopefully this will help. So before we jump into that, though, it was the very first week of my junior year, and low-key, I wish I could travel back to summer. I am not a fan of my schedule, classes, and 90% of my teachers, and by that I mean one, teachers who pull sticks are the absolute worst, in my opinion especially for someone who has really bad anxiety in class and I am an introvert. I absolutely hate it. I have never had the urge to really punch someone. <laughs> I do. Um, I know that people, I, a lot of people tell me like, oh my gosh, you seem so, like you're so kind and like blah, blah, blah. But like seriously, wish I could punch this teacher. And I mean that with all respect. I probably shouldn't be saying that on this podcast. I'm not going to say who. Um, But yeah, I'm not really a fan. I don't really have that many friends in my classes. It's just not the best. But I'm adapting and I will survive. Maybe. Who knows? Um, But I am genuinely so exhausted. So bear with me. I am so tired. I hate waking up at 530 in the morning. And it took me a good hour to plan this podcast and come up with good responses and stuff. So I'm so tired, and after this, I have to do homework. I sound like a tryhard and a nerd, but I have to get like 99% of my homework done on Friday night. I get anxious over the weekend when there's stuff that I have to do, and I like to keep my Sundays chill. Um, So after this, I'm going to try and grind out some homework, even though I just want to crawl in bed and go to sleep. But yeah, on the more mental health side of things, I just wanted to say like my anxiety has been skyrocketing while being in class, being social, and just adjusting to the busy work schedule. And something else is like I know I have an episode dedicated to this, but I have been really, really struggling and dealing with being mean to myself. I have an episode called I Am My Biggest Bully. Go listen that is one of my favorites. And I know I say that every single week. Um, But something, I guess, one of the topics that I think I relate to the most, even though I relate to all of them. But um, I have noticed that I really do struggle with bullying myself still when I make mistakes. I think I need to go back and actually listen to my episode because I'm sure I gave advice, but it's all gone out the window. Um, 
I'm not perfect and I know that it's easy for me to like sit here and give you guys advice on things um especially with that one episode but I still struggle with this stuff and it's really hard for me um I think with that in the mixed anxiety I've just not been in the best mental space especially because I know seasonal depression is going to be right around the corner very soon so definitely kind of on the struggle bus but I know I'll get through it and I know it'll pass being kind to yourself is something that we all have to work on because I all know that we've had moments in time where we just talk shit about ourselves and excuse my language but like seriously like it's so easy to be mean to yourself versus being kind like I feel like like I'm kind to others and my therapist has said to me like the things you say to yourself would you ever say that to your friend if they made a mistake and I'm like no of course not that's so mean like I would never do that and she's like so then why are you doing it to yourself and I think that's a great perspective but I just wanted to share that because it's something I've been dealing with and I know that some of you might relate to that as well so Go listen to that episode. I know that's what I'm doing tonight because I need to listen to my own advice. Um, But yeah, I want to jump into the quote of the week. I really like this one. And it is, focus on the step in front of you, not the whole staircase. I think this quote perfectly shows the reasons as to why I've been so stressed and mean to myself. I am jumping ahead and worrying about the future. Like, I'm already thinking of regents and final exams that I have to take in June. It's September. It's only the third day of school, and I'm already freaking out. I am in a couple of classes that I dislike. Like, I'm in SAT math prep, algebra 2, and chemistry. There's a running theme there. I don't like math or science classes. I struggle in them. I get very anxious over them. And I've just been envisioning me being stressed over tests, crying over labs and stuff, which I'm sure happens. It happens to everyone in classes. Um, But I've just been worrying about the future so much. And instead, I need to recognize where I am currently, and you do too. Focus on the now and don't work yourself up over something that hasn't even arrived yet. I will catch myself doing this and I just, I like try and send myself out of it. I'm like, Grace, like, what are you doing? Like, come on, like, you're wasting so much precious time and energy while doing that. And it's such a toxic trait that I have. And it's something that's hard to shake. It's so hard to stay connected to the present. And I get it. Another thing, there's just so many stuff that I have to talk about today's episode. I want to give you guys a reminder and tell you, some of you might not even know, but it is Suicide Prevention Month. It's an annual week-long campaign or month-long campaign that the United States um, informs. I'm sure it's in other places too, but basically what it is, it's to engage health professionals and the general public about suicide prevention and warning signs of suicide. This is so important. I have been posting things on my story on Instagram different like resources and just like awareness type of things so hopefully you're following so you can stay up with that but I wanted to talk about this because this isn't something that should be swept under the rug because it's very real suicide is one of the main causes of death in this generation and so many people struggle with mental health and it can't go unnoticed. I want to share some warning signs. And these are the common ones that you can find by professionals. Like if you just Google it, these will be the first things that pop up. But some warning signs are being sad or moody. Now listen, I know everyone gets in their feelings sometimes. But this is for really like if the person has had long lasting sadness and mood swings. And they just seem like like a cloud has just been dangling over their head for so long another one is sudden calmness the person suddenly becomes calm after a period of depression or moodiness this is like almost feeling numb and trying to just turn off your feelings 
Um, another one is withdrawing from others. The person chooses to be alone and avoids friends or social activities. Those are the top three that you can find, and that is proven by the social health care workers. Um, the hotline for suicide, if you are someone who needs to keep this in mind or to share, is 988. It actually recently changed this year. But I just wanted to talk about this for a little bit because you are loved and you matter. I know people who have struggled with depression and suicidal thoughts. I'm someone who struggled with depression. It's never really gotten to the point for me where I've thought about suicide. Um, Thankfully, I'm in a very, very good environment. I have an amazing support system. It's never gotten to that point for me, which I'm very blessed. But I know that that doesn't apply for everyone. Check in on your friends and family and colleagues because you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. And although someone may be smiling all the time and may seem like the happiest person on earth, that could be a false narrative and we need to be open-minded and care for one another. Also, be kind. It is free to be kind. Like, it costs zero dollars. So... You know, like I said, you don't know what's going on behind the screen. So bullying someone could just push someone to their final limit. And that's just not okay. Actually, when I was talking about how I feel like I'm my biggest bully, I was thinking about this actually on the bus ride home, jumping back to that. And I was like, if I were to actually get bullied, I feel like they would have nothing on me because sometimes I am so brutal to myself. And that is just something that I have to keep working on. I've talked to my therapist about this. I've talked to my family. I made a podcast episode on it, which I'm going to go listen to, but I just, I don't know. I just thought of the thought about that, but yes, it is suicide prevention month. So keep that in mind and be there for one another. It is time for book of the week. Oh my God. Ew, I just sang. That was really bad. I need like transition music to each thing. Um, one of my favorite podcasts, the sister call They have really cool transition music. They are just iconic. Um, But school has seriously taken up so much of my reading time, which makes me so sad. Um, But I actually just finished reading It Happened One Summer by Tessa Bailey. And now I'm reading the second book in the miniseries called Hook, Line, and Sinker. This will probably be my last summer book of the year, which I'm so sad about. But I will update you on the book when I finish it next week. I really, really enjoyed It Happened One Summer. It was definitely a little predictable, but if you are into that, I highly recommend. Once I got into the thick of the book, I couldn't put it down. It's definitely not one of those books with like a huge plot twist. Um, So I thought I'd like preference that because I know that can like turn off some people. But I really liked it and I'm excited to read the next book by her. So yeah. I think it's time to hop into the questions you all left me. I am truly honored that you guys trusted me with this task. I have had so many questions and I am taking on the challenge of answering them all in this episode. And starting off with one of my favorites, this question really fits what I was literally just talking about and it is, how do I get into reading without feeling forced or becoming unmotivated? The first thing that I would say for this is finding the genre that you like. I know that reading has been like like the per perceptive of like reading has been destroyed by school. Nobody likes the books that we read in school. They're weird like uh, no one wants to go read Shakespeare. If you do, slay for you and I'm glad. But, like, a lot of kids and teenagers my age are, ooh, I just knocked my chapstick down. That's embarrassing. (laughs) Are turned off by reading because of school. So a big piece of advice that I give is finding a genre that you like. I am always down for a good rom-com. That's my guilty pleasure, not going to lie. I do like some historical fiction books sometimes. I also love murder mysteries. My favorite series is A Good Girl's Guide to Murder. I am so excited because they're actually making it a show. Um, 
but I also love reading books on mental health. I have a book called Peace from Anxiety that is really good and also one that is called Can't Just Stop, which is about OCD. But I think part of it is finding the genre that fits for you and what will get you excited for reading. Also, I know that a lot of people will like set goals for their reading and be like, I'm going to read an hour a day. And I've said this with journaling before, but I feel like that just unmotivates me. I hate being forced into something. I read whenever I want to. Once I finally got into reading, I couldn't stop, but everyone is different. The two books that got me into reading were, I. it's funny because I've gone through phases like, When I was in sixth grade, I really liked to read, but then I completely stopped throughout middle school and freshman year. But last year of sophomore year, it was after Christmas, and I went to get my friend a book called The Song of Achilles, and it's really popular on BookTok. And I was like, hey, by any chance you have this book, because I like didn't want to give it to her if she already did for Christmas. That would be so embarrassing. And she was like, yeah, I've already read it. And I was like, shit, I already bought this. That wasn't very smart of me. And my mom took it from me. I didn't even realize it was gone. And she wrapped it and put it in my stocking. And I was like, oh, like, okay. And a couple days after, I was like, all right, what the hell? And I picked it up and I was so hooked. It was such a good book. And then I was like, all right, wait, reading is kind of fun. Hold on. Wait, what? So I went on BookTok, and I think that's another good source, too, is to find a lot of books that, like, our generation is reading and stuff and getting recommendations. So I went to a bookshop, and I was talking to my mom, and I was like, yeah, there's this book by this author named Colleen Hoover. Had no idea who she was at the time. It's called It Ends With Us. Like, everyone's reading it. It's been sold out everywhere. And the lady behind the counter at this bookstore. It was in Barnes and Nobles. It was like a small, like a very small bookstore. And she goes, is this the book you're talking about? And she held it up and she goes, we're getting a shipment in. She goes, we only have this one copy. We were just going to use it for display. And she's like, I'll sell it to you if you want it. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, it's fate. And that was the book that got me addicted. Those two books, Song of Achilles and It Ends With Us, I couldn't stop. So I seriously think that it's all about finding your genre. Personally, I think that once you find books that make you excited to read, you won't become unmotivated. I do know that it's easy to slip into reading slumps and stuff, but I think it's genuinely all about finding the right book. And sometimes it's all about experimenting. I know I've read books before that I'm like, this is so boring. Like I don't want to read, but I think that's my biggest piece of advice. Before we continue, I want to say that research shows that asking more questions builds an emotional intelligence, which helps better our skills. For example, leaderships at work or in school, interpersonal relationship building, Asking questions is an effective way to better communicate and connect with others. Please remember that throughout this episode, I don't know everything. Just because I'm sitting behind a microphone does not mean I'm professional in any way, shape, or form. I am still a teenager with my own struggles, and I also know how hard it can be to ask for advice, especially as someone who is an introvert like me. So I thought this would be the perfect space to do so where you guys could send in things anonymously. But yeah, just keep that in mind. Asking advice is great and I don't know everything. So, but I also wanted to say and give some examples of how to seek advice. I know it was easy kind of on this end because it was an anonymous doc. But sometimes it's hard when your identity is attached and you maybe have to talk to a person in real life or like face to face. I think some of the best ways to seek advice is to start with a positive tone. Identify the type of advice you're seeking. Be really, really clear with what you want. And all of the questions I got actually for this episode were very detailed and descriptive. So you guys passed and did really well. Um... Come prepared with specific details. Ask the right person. If 
it depends on the level and like severity of the advice you need. But like if it's something that is very important to you, I wouldn't go ask the random girl who sits next to you in history. Um, don't ask everyone to. I know that sometimes a lot of opinions can become too much and can just make you feel overwhelmed. So I would really just ask people or a singular person who you trust. And don't assume you already know the answers. This is something that I've had a hard time with too. I think all teenagers do is like kind of admitting you're wrong and like you don't know everything. I have received some really, really great advice on the mental health realm of things. And it's easy for me to get cocky sometimes and be like, oh yeah, like I'm a therapist. No, no, I am not. Absolutely not. And (laughs) lastly is be grateful. Because getting advice and seeking it and someone just putting in the effort is a really great thing. All right, let's focus on the rest of the questions now. The second one I got was, what are the best ways to distract yourself? It really depends on what you're into, but experimenting and finding what hobbies make you feel good is like number one. For me, I love reading For example, yesterday I came home and I was so stressed. I really had a crappy day yesterday and I sat down and I opened up my book and I just felt 20 times better. Another thing is journaling. This can be a good distraction method and not at the same time. I like to write about things that are bothering me, which might be the thing that you want to be distracted from. Sometimes facing it head on can actually relieve a lot of anxiety. Um, But also things like sports and exercising, meditation, learning new things. For me, this past year, I really got into crystals and I learned more about them and their properties. And that was such a great way of distracting myself in a constructive way. I've been told that like watching movies and shows is actually a really negative way of distracting yourself. And I'm going to be the counter argument on that and recommend watching movies and shows. There are some movies that I've talked about that make me feel so much better. Like they are literally a mental recharge. Mine is Little Women 2019. I think I say that in every podcast, but I seriously love that movie with my whole soul. Like I can quote every single thing. I could reenact that movie right now. I'm not going to because you guys will probably think I'm insane and click off this podcast. Please don't. Um, But I think that's honestly a great way too. So that's what I, that's my advice. Next, how do I adapt to a new relationship? I seriously think that focusing on commitment is the most important thing. I personally have never been in a romantic relationship, but this can go for relationships with family and friends as well. Working together and solving issues is also a very constructive way to gain confidence in a relationship. I think that opening up is one of the most important steps and creating a bond with said person is also important, but also make sure that you are going at your own pace and doing things that make you feel comfortable. I know that like a big fear in relationships is secrets and things like that. And although it's important to open up and be there for one another, make sure you're doing it at your own pace and you're not rushing yourself. Number four, how do I adapt to a new environment? The biggest thing is try not to get too overwhelmed. There's just no way that you're going to retain every bit of information that has hurled your way in the first few days of this new environment. So I think that, you know, really trying to stay grounded and like take a deep breath and recognize that you're not going to adjust right away is okay. It takes time, but to do so, most importantly, I think that you should find a mentor or a safe person who you can connect with. This can be a family member, a friend, whoever, someone who will bring you a sense of comfort and can maybe even give you some advice. This can help you settle in a little bit more comfortably. You can settle in and feel more comfortable. I don't know why I just didn't say that. I noticed that I can't pronounce simple words. It's really weird. It's a struggle I have. <laughs> um, 
Another good one is to ask questions. And this can help you be more aware and learn about your surroundings. Take care of your brain and body. Especially if you're in a new place that is causing you anxiety or you're maybe more on edge. I think this is the perfect time to really indulge in self-care and put yourself first. Don't compare and contrast. I know how easy it is to go into a new place and like wish you were back home or wish you were at a different school and like focusing on the negatives. But I promise that there are some positives, even if they're hidden underneath the layers, they're there. And another one is create a safe space for yourself to recharge. This can even be in school. I know like certain classrooms I feel more comfortable in and like connect with those teachers. Um, If you maybe move to a new house per se, maybe make your room into a place where you can feel really comfortable regardless of this anxiety and stress of adapting. How do I become more connected with my crystals? I love to talk about crystals on my podcast. So when I saw this question pop up, I was very excited. I think the most important thing is to obviously charge them, but incorporate them in your daily activities. For me, I love to sleep and journal with mine. I put them under my pillow every single night, and that is a really great way to connect with them. And not only that, but it's helping you protect yourself in your sleep. And like some of them are guided towards helping you dream. Um, In journaling with them, I just feel a sense of calmness and productivity. Work on the process of manifestation. That was one of my most recent, recent episodes. I talked about how to do that, so you can go listen. And you can even do something as simple as putting it in your bag or purse throughout the day. That way they're always with you and are kind of becoming more integrated and connected with your life. I seriously love them so much. I am surrounded by crystals right now. I have pyrite and black tourmaline, sodalite, clear quartz, rose quartz, blue kyanite. Like I've got all of my beautiful crystals around me right now um but yeah doing things like that is super good i also think researching them and really figuring out what each one does is good too really getting to understand them someone said how can i work on better handling bad depression days be gentle with yourself i can't say that like i can't stress that enough it is so easy to bully yourself and be mean to yourself when you are already at a bad, like you're at a bad spot. You're in that bad headspace. So handle yourself with care. Be more, you know, like listen to your body. Fuel your body. Another thing is congratulate yourself on even the simplest things. This can be like getting out of bed. Or brushing your teeth. I know when I was in a period of time where I heavily struggled with my depression, I wouldn't be able to get out of bed until 4 p.m. And I like wouldn't brush my teeth until 8. And I know a lot of people think like, ew, that's like so gross and ugh. And like people with depression are lazy. And that is so far from the truth. They are actually running a marathon in their brain. It is not easy to deal with. And that stigma is just really damaging. But congratulate yourself. And something else for those who struggle with depression and mental health when getting back into the swing of things at school, seriously give yourself a round of applause when you get home. Making it through the school day and getting yourself to go, even though you know you might be stressed or you just genuinely don't want to go, That makes you one of the strongest people. Even like waking up in the morning, making your bed, that's the first step and you've completed it. And that is amazing. And you should be so proud of yourself. Do at least one thing that will make you happy. That is my next piece of advice. I think incorporating them, even if it's just for five minutes in your busy schedule, can be so rewarding. 
for me. What do you think it is? It's reading, if you guessed it, even though it's like the only thing I talk about. Or going to Trader Joe's or going to a bookstore. Anything like that. Like that is so, it's so good for you. And the next and last piece of advice for this one question is allow yourself to feel emotions, even if they're painful. I know that it's easy and sometimes I resort to like turning my emotions off. I don't know if you guys have ever seen The Vampire Diaries, but one of the things that the vampires can do in that show is they can flip off their humanity switch so they are numb and they don't feel any emotions whatsoever. I feel like a vampire sometimes when I'm really depressed because that's something that I resort to because it's quote unquote easier. It's really not. Allow yourself to cry. There's nothing wrong with crying. You're not a baby if you do so. Allow yourself to get angry. This can actually help you put your next step forward into helping yourself. Feel emotions even if they're painful because it's normal and it's human. Number seven. This one I found really funny. Someone said, more of a question than advice. What's your go-to Starbucks order? Because you have mentioned how much you love coffee. This was so fun to receive. It was so, literally so cute. Um, as of right now, I love, I get it all year round, honestly, but it's the shaken, um, cin- what is it, freaking brown sugar cinnamon shaken espresso. Thank you. I was like blanking on that. But because we are upon spooky season, add a pump of their pumpkin flavoring. You will not regret it. It is delicious. It is so freaking good. That is by far one of my go-to drinks all the time. Um, If we want to get more specific, like holidays and stuff around Christmas time, the only drink that I will get is the caramel brulee latte. It is the one thing I look forward to (laughs) all year round. And as of right now, the pumpkin spice latte with oat milk is another one that I'm just vibing with. And in the summer, I do a venti strawberry acai refresher with no added fruit and lemonade. (laughs) Very specific. And they probably think it's so annoying when I order that. But those are like my go-to drinks from Starbucks. Um, Something else that I'm constantly drinking though in the coffee category is Chamberlain coffee. I know I've talked about this before. Emma Chamberlain is my favorite human ever. I love her to pieces and her coffee brand is incredible. It's authentic. It's delicious. It's definitely a little bit more expensive than Starbucks, but you really do pay what you get for it. Like it's just so worth it and I love it. So (laughs) that is my go-to Starbucks order. Um, it's typically a brown sugar shaken espresso with an extra shot of espresso because I'm a coffee and caffeine addict. Um, parents, if you're listening, you didn't hear that. Okay. Someone said, what's your take on high school relationships? Oh boy. I have really mixed feelings about this one. I can bet a million dollars right now that I will never date in high school. I'm a junior. I mean, obviously once I get out of high school and I'm in college, sure. Who knows who I'll meet. Maturity really comes into play with this one. I just don't think people my age are mature enough to do it and to date and it to be like an actual authentic relationship. It's really not. I don't advise it. A lot of people do it just for that like so they can fit into that like class of people who are dating. I don't know. I feel like all of the boys in my grade are really immature and I just can't rock with mullets. All of them have them. It's just so bad. Um, I don't know. I just think that we're just not at the maturity level to take it seriously. Also, I feel like if you can't drive yet, having a relationship's kind of weird. Like, hey, mom, like, can you drive me and my boyfriend to Chipotle? <laughs> like, I don't know. I would definitely recommend waiting until after you get out of high school, you're going to grow and you're going to learn more about yourself and what will make you happy. I just feel like it's not the move. I'm going to pass on that one. But 
if you are in a relationship right now and you're happy, that is awesome and go for it. But I don't know. I'm just not, it's just, I don't think it's going to ever happen for me at least, but you know, you do you. I got two very similar questions and they both were, I want to start dressing more like me. I feel like I only follow trends and norms. How do you find the inspiration and get out of your comfort zone? And the other was how to feel confident to wear whatever you want to school. I'm telling you right now, my two biggest ways of figuring out what I like is, well, I'm just going to say one, is Pinterest. Another one is Emma Chamberlain. I love her style. I have always loved her since I was a little kid. Like I, that's my go-to YouTube channel and I've loved her style ever since. Um, and I think that's kind of shaped me. <laughs> but number one thing I have to say is Pinterest because everything's on there. Life is too short to care what other people think. Wear whatever the hell you want. I know that that has taken me a really long time to accept. I dressed basic. I mean like leggings and hoodie every single day for the longest time because I was afraid to go out of my comfort zone. And slowly but surely I started doing it. And I mean, trust me, there are still days where I am in a hoodie and sweatpants at school. That's normal. But really explore and figure out what you like. There are so many different things going on. And I think it's just fun to play around and see kind of what aesthetic and what type of style fits you the best and makes you feel good. That is the most important thing is that what you are wearing makes you feel good. I love clothes. I love spending my money on clothes and books. Um, It's kind of a problem. But I feel like I have kind of started navigating to what makes me feel confident and good. I love oversized sweaters. I love thrifting. I've recently started getting into skirts. That's really out of my comfort zone. I'm trying to start wearing them to school. Um, Flare pants, like they're definitely a lot of trendy things going on, but you can also find a lot of timeless things that will never let you down. My biggest closet staple are my sweaters. They're my freaking pride and joy. But I seriously think the best way to do this is play around with what makes you feel good. If you want to save money, because I know it's like hard to experiment when going to the mall is like $100 per shirt, go thrifting. I actually used to hate thrifting because my OCD made me like freak out about the whole germ thing. But that's been one of my biggest accomplishments this year is like I can do that now. And I have gotten a lot of cool pieces that I've upcycled and have redid that make me feel good and super cheap. So I definitely think that's how I would kind of start to explore. Pinterest, Pinterest, Pinterest. If you want to follow me, it's capital G Scotto. Um, I have a fashion board with like 3K pins. Like the app is so laggy now because I've pinned literally everything on the planet. But also to like find inspiration from people. I'm not saying like copy them, although I do copy Emma Chamberlain, so I'm kind of lying. But like find inspiration and then turn it into something that makes you you. Listen, we're on a floating rock. Wear whatever makes you feel good. Who cares what other people think? Like I was so worried about that, but I've gotten so many compliments and so many people have said such nice things to me about the stuff that I wear. And it makes me feel good. I love dressing up. Seriously, that's the only reason why I get up for school is because I can play fashion. Like, I turn school into my own runway. Even though today my outfit was really boring. But it was also extremely hot. So, <laughs> next question. When you start to have anxiety in class, how do you cope? I think it's so important to take a break if you need to. Go to the bathroom, go for a walk, or literally just get out of the class and get air. Deep breaths are your best friend in this situation. We forget to genuinely like take in a big deep breath and it lifts a lot of weight off of our shoulders. Mindfulness and affirmations can be really great distractions 
and also work on grounding yourself by taking account of things around you. Sometimes I even just touch my jewelry or hold on to myself because it just makes me feel more calm and grounded. But speak up if things get out of hand. Talk to a friend, a safe adult. And if your teacher doesn't understand what you're going through or won't let you take a break, get up and leave. Your mental health is a priority. How do I work on doing things for myself and not for the sake of others? This is something that I am still practicing myself, so you are not alone. Number one, number number one is learn how to say no and set boundaries. No one can be perfect, and sometimes it's okay to just say no. You really have to find that balance and remember that perfection is overrated. Carve out time for yourself and practice checking in with yourself. Literally do it for you. I think that's one of the best ways to really work on this is you can figure out what you need and you can start focusing on yourself because that is so incredibly important. Someone said, I try to stay off my phone and social media, but it's hard. What are some constructive apps that I can use that won't damage my mental health? I actually have an episode called Getting Off Your Phone Can Be Hard where I have list and talked about listed and talked about tactics that you can use to help you get off your phone because I know I have that problem. Um, I have to say Pinterest is my favorite app ever. I know I just talked about that, but I seriously think it's such a great app where you can connect with yourself and be creative. Headspace is a meditation app that is really, really helpful and good. It's guided and has helped so many. I actually recently found this app and it's called NOCD, which is an app dedicated to help those with OCD. Spotify is another one of my favorite apps on my phone. Listening to podcasts and music seriously calmed me so much. And then Canva. I love making collages for my Instagrams. I love making photo collages of my friends and it's a great way to be creative without really having to move or do anything. So those are the top apps that I would recommend personally. Do you have any regrets in your high school career so far and why? Yeah, I actually do and I'm going to tell you what it is and we actually talked about this already. I am a bitch to myself. (laughs) That was really harsh. Oh my gosh, that sounded way worse than I intended it to, but I am my own bully. I, for as long as I can remember, have been so mean to myself in school. I, like, never let myself off the hook. I would never let myself have breaks, which would lead to countless mental breakdowns. And still, like, same thing, like, still now, I was just saying how I still struggle with this, but, like, if I make a mistake... I just shred on myself and that is my biggest regret in high school and I know I'm going to look back on this one day and just be like why was I so mean to myself like half of the stuff that I'm freaking out about won't matter in 50 years anyways but it's seriously something that I've struggled with and that is my biggest regret. Someone said advice on how to manage time better throughout the school year with a busy schedule. And I feel you. This half of the year, I have no study halls. And I can already tell that I'm going to be regretting it. My biggest thing, and everyone laughs at me for it, but seriously, run to Target. Get yourself a paper planner. Not an online one, paper. I have been using this ever since 7th grade. And it has helped me tremendously. I write down every single one of my homework assignments, special dates that I need to remember, and things that I just need to get done, like record a podcast episode. It has seriously, seriously helped me so much, and it keeps me organized. Create breaks for yourself. Forcing yourself to do a shit ton of work in one sitting or forcing yourself to the point where you become overwhelmed is the exact opposite of productive. And... You can also categorize this and say, like, break larger tasks into smaller goals. It is just so much worse when you try and force yourself to do all this stuff and you have this crazy schedule going on and you just get overwhelmed and then you don't end up doing any of it. So work on setting 
realistic goals. Prioritize yourself and get a paper planner. Those are my tips and tricks. Someone said, how do I avoid toxic friendships? Don't be friends with someone because they are popular or you think you can benefit from them. Find a friendship with someone who you can relate to or someone who makes you feel good on the inside. All friends go through rough patches, but being constructive and open will help you work through them. Trying to end a toxic relationship is just really hard. You have to accept reality. And I think the most important thing too is like try and put yourself within their shoes and identify your role in the relationship. It's okay to move on. It is okay. But remember that. Just find someone who makes you feel good. Another question that was asked was affordable places to shop. I actually have a whole episode based on this, but I will list a few for you now. Cider is an online shop that I like. They have like knit clothes and it's a small business. H&M. Also try thrifting or going to outdoor markets. And if you don't want to get out of the house, you can do online and go to Poshmark or ThreadUp and also Etsy because there are some really affordable small business places. Okay. How to deal with distancing yourself from family members when it's better for you not to be around them. Focus on what you can control. And I seriously mean that. And something else that is so, so incredibly like strategic in the situation is respond don't react or maybe trying to respond in a new way that won't cause a huge issue also try not to obsess about other people's problems and if those don't work try setting emotional boundaries by letting others know how to treat you because you deserve to be treated with respect um and make sure you have a space where you can feel genuinely safe. If this isn't in your own home, reach out to another safe adult or friend who you can trust. Sometimes opening up to a professional or someone who can help can be the most important thing to do. It may seem scary, but your safety is top priority. Someone said, how can I better educate myself on mental health and certain illnesses? Fear of mental illness is often rooted in the lack of education and understanding. Ask how you can help. I think that's the best way to do it. If you know someone who's struggling, ask them, hey, like, is there something I can do to make you feel better? Like, whatever. And listen with empathy. Sometimes people don't want advice. They just need to rant to someone. And it's good to be there to listen sometimes. Be mindful of your words. Sometimes things can come off a little mean and that can cause someone to spiral. So be careful and be kind. Take care of your own mental health too. And, you know, because if you're not in the right space, you won't be able to help anyone else. Listen to podcasts based on the topic. And if you're listening right now, then you've already covered that step. Social media is another great example of a good way to educate yourself. I love the account, The Happiness Project. They talk about depression and are a small business. So highly recommend that too. 19th question. How can I work on loving and accepting my own body image? Nobody is perfect. Challenge your intrusive thoughts. Say like, hey, like, no, this isn't true. Like, I'm beautiful. Write down 10 things that you love about yourself each day and or creating a gratitude journal, which is one of my favorite things. Something that I've done personally is unfollow people on social media who make you feel bad. Listen to your body and listen to your brain. Wear clothes you feel good in, not just what society tells us we should wear. Focus on all the amazing things your body is capable of and not what it looks like. And this ties in with practicing self-care, which I have a whole episode on that too. Because girl, you are beautiful and you deserve to feel like a queen. Someone asked, can we have advice on sports stress? Take breaks. I, in this past season, emailed my coach one day and was like, hey, like I have this test coming up. I feel like crap. I need a day off because we have practice every day. And 
that's okay to do. You're not a crappy athlete if you have to take a break. That's normal. Try your hardest to keep a realistic schedule and incorporate hobbies that you love and spend time with people who uplift you. That can help you focus on the positives instead of the negatives and stress. It's okay to ask for help while managing a busy schedule and acknowledge and normalize the feeling of anxiety. Something else is before game affirmations. I like to do this before I step up to bat because I play softball. I get really anxious. So people do like pregame hype music. Let's do pregame affirmations. And work on not comparison. Compare. Oh my God. Work on not comparing yourself to your other teammates. That's a really, really big one. And I know it's easy to do, but with the work of affirmations and focusing on yourself, you can overcome that. Another question was, how do I develop my own personality and find what I like with all the standards, outside influences in society pressuring me? It is so hard, and I totally agree with this, to find things that make you genuinely feel good or figure out what you like because we are constantly being told what to do, how we should act, what we should look like. Once again, this is something where I think you just need to experiment, find hobbies, join clubs, meet new people, and see what you like and what makes you feel like you. This takes a while. This isn't something that's going to happen overnight, so you have to be patient with yourself. For me, it kind of started with upgrading my style maybe and you know, feeling confident in my skin. And then I started to find things that I like, like mental health, and I got into reading. So it takes time and patience, but seriously, I think just exposing yourself to new things is the best way. And if you have to, delete social media so you don't feel pressured to doing certain things that you know aren't going to make you feel good. All right, guys, this episode is very long. I think this is the longest episode I've recorded yet, but I have one last question before I wrap up. Thank you all so much for submitting. It seriously made me so happy reading all of these questions, and I hope that this has helped you in some way. Best for last, someone asked, why do you think boba is gross? It's literally so good, so stop. This is a joke. I know who said this in one of my friends. I'm just not the biggest fan of boba. I've gotten hated on it for it. I'm an iced coffee girl all the way. I'm sorry, but I will much rather take an iced coffee any day over boba. But that's just my personal preference, baby. So I don't know what to tell you there. I have no advice for that one except for drink iced coffee. So thank you all so much for listening. And if you were someone who submitted a question Yours was answered because I responded to all of them. That's why this episode is so long. But if you made it this far, thank you so much. Turn on the bell so you know when I upload new episodes and download my episodes and follow this account on Spotify because that helps me gain exposure. And I will definitely do another type of episode where you guys write in again because you really liked it. So I'm just so excited for you all to hear this. So thank you for listening and I'll catch you guys next week. Bye.